that was very wonderful to worship God with you. And lovely to be here on a Sunday, because normally we are here in the week, so we've got to know a few of you. But it's exciting to see you on a Sunday, and see everybody together, and all the smiling faces, and the testimonies, and God is fantastic. Amen. Yeah. And um, what Jamie said, is, I'm a believer who believes. I believe this. Yeah. You believe it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a trick question. <laughs> because so often, you know, we had a pastor and he would say to us, don't read the Bible and just thread it through your eyeballs. Isn't a lovely saying, hey? You know, we read it because we have a quiet time. But then, will he actually do this for me? Yeah? It's quite tricky. But I suppose because I was in a situation in Cape Town of total dependence on God, I, I worked with the poor, as in a, I was a white person in apartheid South Africa, working for reconciliation, standing against security police, plus working with the poor, and I had no backing, and all I had was him. Let me tell you, it sounds very wonderful, but... We know all we've got is Him, until all you've got <laughs> is Him. <laughs> Let me tell you, it is so scary, because you think, will He come through for me? Will He? And I have stood in the townships with people needing all kinds of things, jobs, food, healing, whatever, and, uh, and I've just said to God, why did you put me here? I've got nothing to give. I've got nothing. You know, one wants to give stuff. Mm -hmm. Imali, money, or, or bread, or something. I had nothing. And no backing where I can go and, and I ask somebody. And, um, and I would say, Lord, you said, you said, what are you going to do? You've got to rescue me. You put me here. You've got to come. You know, he always came. Mm. He always, 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 always came. So my passion, you know, he's brought us to the UK. That's another story. But my passion is for the church. Because we as the church, we are so powerful. Oh, my word, we are so powerful. But often we don't know it. Because when we sing here, it's nice. And we all do we can clap and you know. Tomorrow we're out in the real world. It's different. And people don't like us so much. Yes. And we can't just do yeah, we can't just be. And that is when the rubber hits the road. And I want to read to you from Matthew twenty eight, verses sixteen to twenty. I'm going to read two parts of scripture. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit 
and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. How long? And now and again or always? Is always always? Funnily enough, you look up in the dictionary and always means always. Do you always feel that he's with you? Come on, be honest. <laughs> Sometimes one feels all alone. Eh? It's like, where are you? You, come on. But he's, he said he will always be there. And he is. Even when we don't sense that he's there. He's right there. And then Acts 1, 1 to 8. In my former book, Theophilus, this is Luke writing to his friend Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all the Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now if you like me, I read that and think that's quite a big commission, huh? <laughs> I mean, if you think of the disciples who Jesus was saying this to, the eleven of them, they were not quite the cream of the crop, were they? It says there, he, had, he was resurrected. And it says, he gave many conference, he proves that he was alive. And yet some doubted. <laughs> Duh. And then he goes and disappears up to heaven and says, now I'm leaving you with this big commission. And you think, no, there's Peter. Peter, who was in London too long, you know, Peter. <laughs> uh, and Peter, um, he denied Jesus. Peter denied Jesus. And now Jesus is leaving Peter with the commission. Sounds very scary. I wouldn't leave that commission with, I wouldn't leave it with me. And I certainly wouldn't leave it with Peter. And then... Poor old doubting Thomas, forevermore, till Jesus comes again, he will be <laughs> doubting Thomas. Eh? Yet so many of us are the doubting Thomases. Unless I put my hands in this, I won't believe. And this is who Jesus left the commission with. Blows the mind. Doesn't it blow the mind? Yeah. But you know, he knew something. He knew that the Holy Spirit who lived in him when he was on earth, and the anointing on him was going to be the same anointing that the Father would send. Because he said, Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will send the Holy Spirit. And Jesus knew that the same Holy Spirit that was on him 
would come to be on the 11. Therefore Jesus, well, yes, knew that the commission was safe. Isn't that amazing? So what I discovered, you know, in the townships with Jesus is, so he gives one the job. And he doesn't just disappear. He actually gives every single tool for the job. And that is incredible. And so often we think he's given us a job to do. Now he's sitting up in heaven with his arms crossed looking to see. Mm, that's 10 out of 10 for you, but 9 out of 10 there. 7 out of 10 there. Because we think we've got to do the job. I think the biggest thing I learned was I can do nothing. 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 Nothing at all. When you're faced with a people who are hungry and someone and you've got nothing, you realize I've got nothing. But Him. Wow, who comes and lives inside us. If you were a disciple of Jesus, He's come and to live inside you. And He gives us every single thing we need for the good works that He's chosen in advance for us to do. So if you think, now I grew up in a racist home, I wouldn't have put my hand on me to go and fight apartheid, would you? (coughs) No, not at all. Yet, before time God chose that this funny woman from a racist home is going to have this anointing to actually go into a township make friends, which was illegal, and, um, and then learn how to be human. i just add that in. And also stand against government and security police and all that. How can I do that? But you know what I found? That what he had handpicked for me to do, he gave me every gift. And every equipment that I needed was actually in me already. And I would stand in the townships and say, I can't do this. You know, I really won't. Oh, you can just see me. I used to drive into the township with tears. Oh, I don't want to do this. It's so difficult. You can imagine it was difficult. And I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm going to make a mistake, and I'm going to harm people. And oh, Lord. I'm so sorry for myself, by the way. And I'm being truthful because I have a good history now, but it wasn't here I go. The missionary coming in. It was nothing. It was, oh no, Lord, I don't want to do this. I can't. But I had to learn that he had equipped me for every good work that he had prepared. And with the work that he had prepared, he gave me the faith, which is amazing. And so he does all the work, and I get the well done. And so I saw him do things. I saw him. Many people got born again, and I started two churches from scratch. I didn't even know what I was doing. That this was church plants rising up. You must understand. I didn't go for a ministry or anything. It was. Um, I just obeyed God because I think he's rather special. Mm. <laughs> That's putting it very mildly, eh? 
But also, how do I, if, if the Lord speaks to me and says, I want you to do something, how do I say, no, I'm not going to do it, I'm too scared. And then the next day I come and say, hello Lord, it's me, I need, I need, I need. And you know, he's so kind, he would still come and answer. But for me, I didn't want the, that between me and him. So I obeyed, but then I found the very thing that I was obeying him in, I loved. He won my heart. And I found that as I went into the townships, I became me. I became who I'm supposed to be. I learned so much. But then, by the way, I would drive out and think, I'm never going back there again. <laughs> Because sometimes the jobs that God has planned for us, very tricky, as you said, very tricky. No, I can't do that. No, I can't do that. I'm not equipped for that. You know, if we were equipped for the things that He's chosen for us or He's put us, we won't need Him. Because we're quite big shot. Yeah? Don't you like leaning on your own understanding? Don't I love to know I want to know what he's going to do tomorrow. And in a week's time, we're moving to Cambridge. So, Lord, what, where are we going to live? And what are you going to do? I want to know. But he don't tell me. Because it's a by faith thing. Because faith is believing what you do not see. And so, I felt so ill-equipped. And I said, Lord, give me a book to read. Give me a book on how to do multiculture, on how to fight governments who are, uh, uh, you know, justice. I love justice. But I don't know how to do this. And God said to me, you're writing the book. <laughs> Why well, don't I want to write the book? I want to read someone else's book. And, you know, when God has handpicked something for us to do, we can read everybody else's book. Yeah. But it's not like your own book. If each of us is writing our own book with God. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's quite, quite amazing. We're all writing something. And he is so generous. He comes and he equips us. When Jesus um, commissioned the disciples, he gave them the whole package deal for the job. I speak in South Africa. You know, we just say it like it is a package deal. It doesn't sound very religious. You know the package deal? If you get a, a, a mobile, I almost said a cell phone. South Africans have cell phones. British people have mobiles. <laughs> and when you get a mobile, don't you look for a good package? So many minutes and so many this and, you know, internet and that and, and so on. And Jesus came and he gave the whole package deal to each one of us so that the Holy Spirit in us has given us the right gifting, the right amount of faith, the right amount of everything, but we need to work out what Christ has put in us. And so sometimes, and I've done this myself, and maybe you don't do this because you are brilliant, <laughs> but I said, Lord, I need more to do the job. Like it's going to fall from outside. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Ooh, and I've got on my knees and my face, Lord, I can't do it, I need more. Come, I want to. 
That's not the same as, Lord, I want to see you more. It's different. This is a big more. But you know what? He's given us everything for life and godliness yeah. already. Yeah. So everything we need for tomorrow is in us already. Yeah, but I feel like a wimp. That is because we've got to stir up what he's put in us and by faith step out to get hold of it. And I'll tell you where I'm at now. Acts verses 9 and 10. Acts 9 verse 10. If you remember, Saul was struck blind on the um, um, where is it? On the Damascus Road. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah? Then there was a guy called Ananias. Do you know the story? Mm-hmm. And Ananias is minding his own business. And um, the Lord called to him in a vision. Now Ananias, you hear about him, and then he's never mentioned again in the whole book. He was just a, a guy. He wasn't anything special. He was just somebody having his quiet time. <laughs> and the Lord came and, and spoke to him. And what amazed me, the Lord said, Ananias. And Ananias said, yes, Lord. How did he know? Do you see? How did he know? I think in those, you know, we want to get back to the book of Acts. as churches. Somehow I think in the time of Acts, the Holy Spirit was so present. The, 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 the Lord coming to speak to people face to face, kind of, or a voice, or what it was so normal that Ananias, when he heard his name, he said, Yes, Lord. Huh? Which somehow don't have that. And then the Lord said, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named Saul of Tarsus. Is that detail or what? <laughs> Do you see? That's where, when I was in the township, I would get details like this. Now, Angela, go, drive, turn left at the end of the road and go to the pink shack. I've prepared them for you. But I was desperate. It was my life. It was people's lives. And so, but it's like somewhere along the line, maybe being in a Western culture, I'm missing that to the, to the detail, but I want it back. You want it? You see, this is this is my inheritance. And it's your inheritance. It's in the Bible. And I work with a guy, and he says, and it's quite wonderful hearing a British guy say, I would say this, being African, but to hear a British guy say this is quite lovely. And he says, if God didn't mean it, he shouldn't have written it in this book. And you could see everybody think, oh, he's going to be struck dead. But don't you agree? If he he didn't mean it, it wouldn't be in this book. So he gives, in this book is written, and it's all true, eh? the Bible is true. So Ananias gets his go to the house of Saul of Tarsus. In a vision, you see, now the Lord is still speaking to Ananias. In a vision... Saul sees a man named Ananias place his hands um, on to restore his sight. Now, Saul was over there, and Ananias gets detail. Ananias 
Most probably, I don't know, maybe he didn't even know that the soul had been struck blind. We don't know. So Ananias says, oh my word, this is Saul. This is Saul. He kills people. Don't you feel sometimes the things that God gives you to do? It's not as drastic as Saul, but oh my, oh, it's scary. Even to say the name of Jesus somewhere, you find it scary? Or to tell family, friends, I'm a Christian, can be quite scary. As scary as Ananias needing to go to Saul. But Ananias goes, and you see, when we doing something, like I was in the townships for 20 years, and did lots, but I actually watched God do it. Because I couldn't do in the townships those things. He did it. He saved. He's, he, he builds a church, so it's his church plants. He did that, gave people housing. He did everything. And so the jewels belong to him. You know what my jewel will be for? Obedience and willingness. Mm. Do you see? That's my jewel. Obedience. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. Is obedience and willingness. Because he lives in us to do the job. He wants to do the jobs. He's prepared them. And he knows He's kind. He's, he, he's so kind. He knows that what he's prepared, we'll be able to do if we will trust him. He doesn't give us what we can't do. You may feel that you can't do it. I felt I couldn't do it. But I can look back now and say, I did it. I did it. There's a chapter closed. I did it. Because he did it. He knew he'd put in me everything I needed. And it's the same for you. He's putting you every single thing that you need. Do you believe that? As scary, as scary as it sounds. And he may send you to a soul one day. Someone who is not very favourable to Christians. And Ananias placed his hands on Saul's eyes. And Saul was healed and the scales fell off. Do you know, what would have happened if Ananias didn't obey? No. Would you and I be here? We would, but, in a different, but it would be a different story. Do you see? Because Ananias obeyed, Saul, the big apostle, became Paul, became, went to the Gentiles, did all these things because he obeyed. In fear, he obeyed. Because God had put in Ananias everything that was needed to bring healing. Imagine if Ananias went to Saul, put his hands on, and there was, oh, but I've never prayed for somebody to see. What if it doesn't work? Don't we say that? What if it doesn't work? But Ananias had just got to believe God. Lord, you said you must. Now you've got to get the soul to see. And he did. And so I want to commend this Jesus to you, who does the most astounding thing. He is so kind. He is so generous. He prepares jobs for us to do, and then he gives us every tool, the whole package deal, with which to do the jobs. And each of you sitting here today, whether you were born in the UK or you come from another country, like Greg and I, 
In Acts 17 verse 26 it says, Before time God planned where we would live. That means whoever is living in Plumstead and around, or you've come from another country and you're living here, God planned that you would be here. He knows, you know, he knows that you're in this church because there's a, something that he wants to do with this church. So he's handpicked, by the way, every single one of you. If you feel like a nobody, you're not a nobody. You are here and he's handpicked you to be here for such a time as this. Do you believe that? That means every single one has got a role to play. Every single one has got that something that's going to take this church on, that's going to have Plumstead people getting born again. Because that's God's heart. He wants people to be saved. He will build the church while we advance the kingdom. Extremely exciting. You know, I've gone so far off my notes and all the... But anyway, I'm sure you got what I'm trying to say to you. It's about not getting into fear. It's about doing whatever he asks us to do. Because we are able. In him we can do the impossible. Without him, nothing is possible. But in him, the impossible becomes so possible. If Ananias can put his hands on naughty Saul's eyes, and the healing comes, I think anything's possible. What if you stand? <coughs> Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Yeah, Father God, I know that you've given me a call for, for commissioning of, the, of people, your church. And I know, Lord, wherever I go, it's a, well, it's a commissioning time. Yeah. It's you saying to the church, you've got everything. Come on. Come on. Father, thank you that when you said, Lord Jesus, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the earth. It wasn't, we've got to even move anywhere. Wherever we are, we are the witnesses. It's not you're going to pound everybody with the gospel. You can be my witnesses, the way we live, the way we speak, the way we are at work, the way we handle arguments, the way we do stuff, is what the world is looking at us. And so we will be witnesses. Our lifestyle is a witness. And I want to ask Father, well, for an upping of confidence in each of us here. Me as well, Lord, for the next step. Me as well. Each one of us, an upping of confidence in you. An upping of trusting what the Bible says. I want to ask that, Father. What you did in me of confidence to believe. I want to ask for an impartation of confidence in what this book says. And actually taking you at your word and stepping out in new ways with courage and doing whatever you ask us to do. I want to ask you that what I saw in Cape Town, this church will see in Plumstead and wider. I want to ask 
Yeah. I want to ask, Lord, for reconciliation yeah. to take place. I want to ask, Lord, for racism to be broken, that this church yeah. will be used yeah. to actually be a model of racism being broken. Yeah. In this area and in London and wider. I want to ask this, Father. I've seen it with my eyes, Lord, so I know it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I know, Father. I want to ask, Lord, that whatever you've set this church apart for, they will inherit it. That this church will inherit everything, everything, the package deal, everything that you died for. I want to ask that each person here will inherit everything that you've set apart for them, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now I want to ask you, If you are willing for God to use you tomorrow and the next day and the next day, whether it's at home, whether it's at work, whether you're going to sign on because you don't have a job, so you've got to go and sign on, you know? Whether, no matter where you are, if you are willing that God use you in a whole new way, this is risky stuff. This is Ananias, go and lay your hands on Saul kind of stuff. This is Angela, go against the whole government into the townships and start making friends. It's scary stuff, scary. But ooh, ooh, it's exciting. That's when you see God at work. That's when the Bible comes alive. And you think, well, give me more, Lord. Give me more. See, my passion is to see the church become the church. Where we are roaring against the enemy and for people to get to bring salvation, to bring healing, to see people, you know, abused, brought through into healing. We can do all these things. We are the salt and light. We are the answer. That's amazing. Us. Us. Look at us. Look at the 11. They did it. They did it. That's why we're here. They did their job. And there was only 11, and then 120, and then there were 3,000. And then, and then, and here we sit. Amazing. So if you are up for a whole whole new anointing, I want you to come forward. This is risky stuff. If you are up. If you are up for a whole new anointing, a whole new challenge, a whole new being used by God, a whole new Lord, I am so scared, but I'm up for it. Lord, it's like, Lord, you know me, but I'm up for it. And if you find that you don't want to come forward, but you think, actually, I would like it, you can stay where you are, by the way, it's all grace. God doesn't miss out on you because you didn't come forward, by the way. That's the whole thing. He doesn't miss out on anybody. Because what he planned before time, everybody's got. They've all got a plan. And if by chance you're not a disciple of Jesus yet, today's the day. Whoa, today's the day. He thinks you're great. He brought you here because he loves you so much. He thinks you're great. And he thinks we're great, by the way. We think we're a bit of Thomases and, you know, a bit of Peters. 
And he says, no, that's good enough for me. Because my Holy Spirit in you is going to make you great. Yeah. Yeah. Holy Spirit, come. If you will, I want you to just whoa, put your hands up to me. Holy Spirit. Father, will you come with a whole new anointing of power, of love, of grace, of compassion. Compassion for the lost, for the needy, for the homeless. Compassion for the sick. Compassion for the dying. I want you to see the dead raised. We need compassion. To raise people from the dead, we need compassion. Father God, these are things that don't come easily to us because we have a selfish bunch. But it is. If we look at ourselves, we might have comfort. Don't we not have comfort? And so, Father, we lay our comforts down. And we ask, Lord, will you come and clean us up? Lord, will you come and just sweep through forgiveness for stuff done? Lord, forgive us for stuff done. Forgive us, Lord, for giving in to the lies of the enemy or for giving in to habits or whatever. Lord, forgive us. Clean us up. And make us new, Lord, for tomorrow, for going home today, for this next year, for Christmas. For Christmas, Lord, we want to ask, Lord, for a brand new anointing of grace, of power. Father, we want to forgive those who we are holding something against. Father, we want to be clean before you. We want to forgive even when people have harmed us. Even when people have done terrible things to us. That doesn't mean that they didn't do it. But when we ask for forgiveness and we forgive them, we sort ourselves out. And we are free. And so I want to ask you for a whole wave of forgiveness to go through. That people will forgive and so close the door on the evil one. Because when we don't forgive, we open the door, we say, evil one, come and mess with me. You may torment me. Holy Spirit, come. I want to ask, Lord, that today all doors will be closed to the enemy. In all kinds of ways. You know, Lord, you know each one of us. Lord, you know our weakness, even more than us. And I want to ask, Lord, for closed doors today on anything that we're messing around with the enemy or giving in to him. I want to ask, Lord, if you are stealing, it's like, stop. I just feel I get a word of knowledge that there's someone who's taken something. And this is just, close the door, otherwise it's going to become a habit. Close the door, otherwise it'll become a habit you lose out. It's like close the door, ask for forgiveness, and walk free and clear. I want to break the hold of um, stealing, thieving, over any of us. Is that okay? Yeah, over any of us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, will you break over us anything? that is stopping us from prospering in you. I want to break a spirit of unbelief. Yeah. <laughs> I want to break a spirit of unbelief over us. We're sorry, Lord. We're a bit like, we're a bit like Thomas. Unless I 
We want you to prove yourself, Lord, and yet you proved yourself on the cross. And you've proved yourself to us over and over. But it's like, but unless you do this, I won't. Unless you. We've always put in a condition on, Lord. We are so sorry. No conditions. We come to you. There was an old song, that these Billy Graham um, big things, they sing, just as I am, with, without one plea, except your blood was shed for me. And people would stream forward, just as I am. And Father, we've come just as we are, knowing that in ourselves we can do nothing. Oh my word, but with you, with you living in us, we can do anything that you have planned. Father, will you protect us from doing other people's plans? Yeah? From looking at other people and thinking, well, mine's too small, they're doing something bigger. Or, I don't prophesy, but they do, so they're better than me. Or, we judge ourselves according to when we look at others. Sorry, Lord. Because you put in us what each one of us needs. Not what others need. They've got their thing. Lord, I want to get the well done from you one day for my part. I know lots of people who are better at anything than me. But that's not going to stop me from playing my part. Because Lord, I want my jewel. Because I want to put it at your feet. Lord, I don't want to stand before you saying, Well, you see, they were better. And they seem to have more gifting. And they seem to. But we are. I'm like that. We are. We do that. But it's a matter of Lord... What you've prepared for me, that's what I want. Because I won't be able to do the other people's stuff. I can only do mine. And so whether you've given me this package or that package, I've got a package deal that nobody else can do. Whether it's big or small, it's big for all of us. Because everybody's package builds the kingdom. Everybody's package. And each one is needed. And so, Father, come with anointing. Come with anointing. Now I want you to turn to someone. Not your best friend. But somebody maybe who you don't know as well. Um, And I want you to go and put your hand on their head. And I want you to bless them. Will you just, Holy Spirit, will you bless them? with everything they need for this next week. You see, when you have anointing, you must, you must use the anointing immediately at the house of